Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. I am Michael Anthony Ingram, and it is National Poetry Month. Please help me welcome my special guest, award-winning freelance writer and performance poet, Ellen Thea. Ellen Thea, welcome to the program. Hi, Michael. I am so glad to be here. It's very exciting for me. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. You don't know how exciting it is for me to have you here, all the way from Alaska. You're my first Alaskan guest, so that makes you special. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Let's begin this journey. (laughs) (laughs) Let's begin this journey, my friend. What is poetry? Poetry is light. Poetry uh, is painting with words. Poetry, everything can be poetry. Mata Hari said dance was a poem with each, with each step, a word. Um, I think poetry is food for the soul, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and poetry is, I have a poem who has a t- title, Language is a metaphor for the inexpressible, and the page is blank. It's there. You can't see it on the page. So it's like the poetry is there. You've got to chip away whatever's not poetry. Mm. And I like says, that. It says well, more than did you do the dishes, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I, what's do know. I do know. I do know. I do know. You know, this is National Poetry Month. Why do you Mm -hmm. think it's important for us as poets, performance poets, spoken word artists, you name it, to celebrate who we are? Why is that important? Because we're the prophets. We're the way showers. We're the ones who speak the words that other people, you know, it's maybe a common experience, but they can't say it. I've had mm. people come up to me for shows and say, you've said what I needed to say, but I couldn't. And that's why it's important for us to be there. And it's a, it's a sacred, I'll call, yeah, I wasn't going to say sacred, but it is a sacred art. It's a shamanic art as a performance poet because it's ephemeral. Mm-hmm. The performance is in that moment. The words may be, all be the same on the stage. Moment, the synergy uh, the energy between the performer and the audience and the words and the moment and all that, that's shamanic. That's like a sand painting that's going to get blown away tomorrow or chalk drawings that, that go away the next day in the rain. And um, people don't realize that. It's very easy in our culture to be the instantaneous zap thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that real live authenticity is crucial. You know, I already love listening to you. I love listening to your voice already. And we've only been there on the air a couple of seconds now. Please share a poem. I sure will. This poem I decided to do as my first one um, because it introduces me, so to speak. Mm. And I think you'll hear it. It's called Not Your Average Bimbo. <laughs> My hair may be, let me start this again, not your average bimbo. My hair may be colored, blonde, brunette, or red. Look behind my eyes, there's more than fluff inside this head. I'm not your average bimbo, I'm a goddess in disguise. I'm not your average bimbo, just open up your eyes. Leather mini, spike heels. Silk lingerie, I'm ever so much more than a toy for you to play, and I'm not your average bimbo, I'm a goddess in disguise. I'm not your average bimbo, just open up your eyes. The power of secret knowledge, 
My smile can hypnotize. I'm the mother of the world. I see the truth in every lie. And I am, oh, so not your average bimbo. I'm a goddess in disguise. I'm not your average bimbo. Just open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. When will you open up your eyes? The end. Mm. When will you open up your eyes? Mm -hmm. As you think about your work, your body of work, what are some of the predominant themes? Predominant themes are um, women, men, injustice, speaking out for people, trying to wake people's awareness to, you know, not just, uh, let's say, political, cultural, whatever zeitgeist we happen to be in at the moment, okay, but mm-hmm. to, to the, that which is beyond, to the spiritual. I try, even when I do a serious piece or a serious body of work at the end of my shows, I try to be positive. I don't want to leave in a downer, and um, that's what I try to do, just move people mm-hmm. forward to a different direction. Well, let's go back for a moment. As you think about yeah. your beginnings in the field of poetry and earlier than that, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Ooh. Well, I have to say, in answer to that, there's, there's two answers to that. When I was a very little girl, I'm talking five, and I was living in New York. <laughs> My mom took me to an audition on the Broadway stage, and I didn't know what she was doing because she wasn't a stage mother. You know, it was just whatever. And I walked mm-hmm. out on that stage and asked me my name, and I looked out, and I went, man, I'm bit by this bug. I want to be on stage. And then um, I started listening to, you know, music and songs and all that, and creating sketches in third grade, I think I did a sketch based on the Beatles' help or something. I did some kind of crazy thing. And then in junior high, I had an English teacher who started teaching form. The first form she taught was haiku. And I really liked it. I really liked the challenge of fitting everything in 575. And, um, and then from there... You know, it just kind of branched out. I'm self-taught in, in everything. I couldn't, I, I don't know that I've ever like automatically went and wrote a sonic and I don't know what iambic mm-hmm. pentameter is and all that stuff, but I know, yes. know what works. And I can, I have a really cute little haiku, I want to say, because it's really cute and it's right. really a haiku. All right. It's called Schrodinger's Cat. He's a sly one, he is. The best there is, or isn't. And that, my friend, is a haiku. All right. It's a 575. I like it. In the title. Right. Well, you can't beat that. You can't have fun. You know, it's the point, right? Right. Let me ask this question. As you think about a poem... How does it begin for you, with an idea, a form, or an image? Well, most often it's an idea, and most often what I'll get is a title, and then a series of, you know, really quick flashes of, you know, oh, this goes, this goes, this almost like word mapping, you know, or a stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. but not even, not even as put together as a stream of consciousness. Uh, occasionally there's an image that I try to paint with words and it's very difficult because, you know, sometimes you want to be a mind reader, you know, you wish you could do a Vulcan Mm -hmm. mind meld and put the information right to the people, but you can't do that. So there's subtleties and nuances that are contained within words that can, that can bring that out, but it's a different type of medium. And then sometimes the form pops out, like Schrodinger's cat. Um, 
Um, I have another, happens to be another cat poem, but it, it popped out as a limerick. I didn't plan for it to be a limerick, but, but it did, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of all three. Usually what I do is when the muse hits me, and I'm not just taking notes on the poem I'm going to write. Here's an idea. But when I sit down to write it, if the muse hits me to write it and take the muse mm. and then go back and look at what I did and t- continually tweak it. Um, mm. The longest I ever took to write a poem was three months. Um, usually my poems are not quite that long to take to write, that is. Yeah. Tweaking mm-hmm. is a different story. Yes. And I have a question about mean. tweaking later on. Awesome. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. I'd like you to share another poem. Okay. Well, here's the question. Let me see. What do you want? What do we want? I What's on your Jimbo, heart tonight? Just share whatever's on your heart. Well, the problem is I have a dozen poems on my heart tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Say them all. Say them all. We have time. (laughs) You know what? Um, Here's some because it was just Earth Day. It's big. This is Big Mama. This is a big favorite. And I usually do this with accent percussion. And I know that I mentioned that in um, my emails to you that I use drums. I don't use uh, loops or beats from a machine. I drum. And I, a lot of oh, times wow. I'll use accent, I'll do accent percussion to emphasize something. Or, you know, and I'm very simplistic. Everything I do is self-taught. So, mm. but it's also been decades of learning. So... You know, I could play around on stage. I can do some stuff. But if you try to tell me, ask me technically what I'm doing, I couldn't tell you. But anyway, this is Big Mama. She do shake, rattle, and roll. She sing the blues, the browns, the greens, the reds, the spectacular oranges and pinks. She do so pretty. When Big Mama laughs, the nectar roll between her legs. Her womb be gentle like the ocean. Her passion be wild like the storm. Her anger be purple like earthquake and volcano. Her tears taste like rain. I sit in her lap. She be my big mama. You sit in her lap. She be your big mama. She be whole world big mama because her lap be big enough for us all. The end. Mm. Big Mama. Big Mama. I I did win an award for that one. Just a little bit of shameless self-promotion here. Oh, please tell me about it. Tell me about it. I want to hear. I won second prize in the Douglas Fields Poetry Award for that poem. And they actually used it to teach one of their courses on poetry. And what's what's interesting was that first and third prize that year were won by the same person. So it was just wow. me in the middle, second prize. So in the middle. So that was kind of fun. So all um, right, all yeah. right. Well, as I shared with you in the beginning of the program, that I already loved your voice. Just something about it just resonates with me. And when you've shared your work so far, even more so. Let me ask this question. What is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Um, I think think I'm direct. I try to be honest and authentic in who I am. I I do try to be positive. Now, for people who've known me over the last couple of years, they know I've been through a lot of stuff. So it's been – I've been down – a, a whole, um, you know, just sil- sickness and death and just junk like that, stuff like that. Um, so this may sound strange, but I do try to be positive and I try to stay positive. And, um, you know, sometimes you've got to go down to come back up, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's the, the biggest thing is that I try to be direct and I try to be 
honest. I try to connect with people. Um, and to me, that's the relationship. I try to be clear. And that's, that's about it. That's All right. the relationship. Hey, I like that. Yeah. The relationship, yeah. being genuine, being authentic is so critical when we're writing. Yes. So I'm with you. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Question for you. Who are some yeah. of your favorite living poets? Uh, living poets. Uh, Mary Oliver, yes. for sure. I love Mary Oliver. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you kind of threw me off. The question sort of, well, Patty Smith, <laughs> as um, all right, I, mean, how all can right. I, I mean, I'm the ultimate rock and roll poet, you know. And the fact mm-hmm. that I got the fact that, you know, she's not. She's not polished, you know what I mean? She's not like, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, some other, sh- she's who she is on stage, you know? And and she, and so, and I saw her um, when I was in college, and she just was like, uh, so to me, Patti Smith was a tremendous influence on me that, that I could get up and do this. Um, mm-hmm. I do have other influences that aren't living, <laughs> Right now. Okay. Um, All right. Not a problem. Definitely. Okay. Well, I'm definitely a child of the 60s. Okay. So as mm-hmm. a performer, Janis Joplin was, to me, an, an ultimate, the ultimate woman performer who could get up on stage and do her stuff, you know. And, and I wondered if someone could burn as brightly as she did and not kill herself. Mm. Okay. Um, and so that mm-hmm. was something that was something I was striving for. As far as poetry goes, I, Dr. Seuss, <laughs> it's a big influence on me. I like Dr. Seuss. His economy, Green Eggs and Ham, was only 40 words. It was based on a bet. Um, Isaac Asimov, with his quantity of work. E.E. E. Mm-hmm. Cummings and William Carlos Williams, because of the economy of words. Um, well, uh, oh, um, growing up in New York, I would go to Broadway all the time. In junior in high school, I cut class every Wednesday and went to matinee. <laughs> and um, yeah, I saw Jesus Christ Superstar thirty three times. Come on, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that all kinds of stories from then. But but anyway, so the whole Broadway thing. And when I go on stage, I mean, I was called the hippie diva in Florida for a while. Because I'd go on, I mean, I'm dressed, I'm, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and you may laugh, but Gene Roddenberry, Star Trek mm. was an immense influence on my life. And, and the concepts within Star Trek, you know, IDIC, the infinite yes. diversity. When I think about, mm-hmm. when I think about what I want for the world, I want the world to live long and prosper. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yes, so I like that. Those are, and then I do, as I've mentioned in my bio, I do a lot of other stuff, a lot other research. So my astrology comes in, my crystals. Come, I mean, all of that is an influence on me. I'm not saying I wait for the moon for when I write. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. I just mean the essence of what I study is just all part. Like Ram Dass says, it's all grist for the mill, all of it. I've stolen whole conversations from people for my poems. Mm-hmm. So, to me, mm-hmm. you know, life is the influence, I guess. All right. I, sort of I like that. Brainstorming that. I'm sorry. That's okay. But when you think about right. writing, does writing energize or exhaust you? I think I may already know the answer to this, but let us know. Does it energize or exhaust you? Well, well right now, writing does energize me, but I will say an exception okay i um do not have my computer is extremely extremely old my laptop and it's not tethered to my phone and for many years i didn't even have this phone this ability so my writing right now is restricted to hand writing i don't want to put it on my old computer if i'm not going to be able to print it out what's the point right yes so mm-hmm. it's restricted to handwriting. Well, part of 
the things that I've had going on with me over the past few years, which is why much of my work is old that I'm reading right now, is that I had vertigo, I had polymyalgia rheumatica, which swelled up my fingers so I couldn't write, um, I had uh, pneumonia, I had all kinds of things going on. So it's only been fairly recently that my fingers, I mean, if I have to do dishes, I can't write after I do dishes, for example. Wow. Um, so, not to, so it's limited, it energizes me, but then as I'm writing, handwriting now, which really puts me in touch, I think, with Shakespeare and Browning and all them, um, mm-hmm. um, it gets tired. So, yes, it energizes me, but the physical act bothers me, and it text-to-talk doesn't work for me because that's not the way mm-hmm. I function. I'm visual. I'm not mm-hmm. auditory. So. Mm-hmm. so, as I'm thinking about what you just shared, to me, mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotion involved, a lot of emotion involved. Oh. And it sounds like there's a lot of emotion involved in your writing as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. A lot of emotion in do writing. You, do you think oh. someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Well, I think sometimes you can write. You know, I don't know. I really don't know because I'm thinking, you know, I've written stuff that I certainly don't feel emotional about, you know, when I've mm-hmm. written PR or whatever, you know, advertorials. No, mm-hmm. I don't care about your business, not really, you know. But um, poetry, I don't know. I don't think you could, you have to have some, I think you have to have some spark in the initial writing, even if it's not, there later because mm. something prompts you to pick up the pen otherwise why bother right I agree with that I agree yeah. with that so please share another poem share another poem well do you want something a little more serious or you want something nice and light I'm going to do a little more serious let's go Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Let's give something more serious. Okay. Yeah, and this is a longer piece. I wrote mm-hmm. this back in the 90s, mid, uh, late 90s, mid-late 90s. Um, that was when I was in graduate school, and I was going for my doctorate, which I never ended up getting. They thought I was too strange because I wanted to talk about the effects of Reiki on manic depressives, and that wasn't just the time frame for that 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. um, so I wrote this poem, and I was thinking about the schizophrenogenic mother, okay, that they say, claim makes schizophrenics. And um, Hen, uh, Allen Ginsberg had just died, and I wanted to try to write a howl for a late 20th century single mother in her 40s. That was kind of where I was at with it. So here is schizophrenogenesis. One second, let me. Um, I'm going to put the phone down. <laughs> okay, schizophrenogenesis. Women, men, children, flashed by wire hangers in back rooms, denied the just reward of sweet fruit, breasts and hips and thighs. We've kissed the beast. We've made love and bargains with the beast, blamed men who couldn't tame the beast, who also sacrificed heart voices to the dark mouth Molech beast, devouring soul monster, inferno built on plastic, silver and copper discs, green slips of barter burning what's important to importance. Non-disposable disposable diapers for small disposable bodies, Mother cries, waste, metamor, more, more for this, more of this progress. Scream, scream, lost screams into screaming wind. Invisible, insidious spittle blows everywhere. The sun falls, rain shines even on injustice. Seedlings uprooted, some grow up, some down. What is acceptable 
is unacceptable to evolution. We tolerate intolerability. How long? Roaches only will survive toughest in triumph as we try to kill them, killing us strong as the weakest link in the highest point of the highest evolved food chain, so-called rat bit, the Black Plague, because cats were killed. Cats were burned, screaming as women flaming screamed. Churchmen watching martyrs, not mentioned in Fox's book, gang-banged as a simple pre-trial prerequisite, not worthy of mention in court documents, hung by a jury of no woman's peers, though peered and poked and cattle prodded. In some villages, one woman alone was spared the blazing rod. Her thoughts. Did she spoil the children she was left to have? The system rolled on, but at such a hollow cost. Ozone holes, poles shifting, polarized screaming, solar winds howling. We march willingly into the ovens, believing the voice boxes, emanations from an unstable electromagnetic global village. Uh, give the children a cyber cipher hug while ventriloquist voice boxes scream, buying and selling orders. Is the paperwork done? Is the paperwork done? Is the paperwork done? Did you pay the money? Did you pay the money? Did you pay the fee? Is the paperwork done? Did you pay the money? Did you pay the fee? Did the ubiquitous they say you can? The drones drone on while the honey is sucked out of the hive. Not to worry. Anyone, anyone can work with children, drug addicts, elderly, psychiatric patients, grieving children of living age parents. Anyone, as long as you pay, 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 and fill out the paperwork, fill out the paperwork, fill out the paperwork. You don't need a soul. You don't need a soul. Just buy and sell and kill more trees in the rainforest for the paperwork. Deplete the oxygen. Stifle breathing. Ragged words stick in my throat. My esophagus has a reflux, reflex instinct. Fight, fright, where to run, how to fight, vapored eyes. No, no, we march off into the wounds. The lyric cynicism of Generation X. We're near the end of the alphabet. Arrogance. Even Captain Janeway is a devotee of patriarchal federation, locked in step. Sharks with lockjaw, the beast taken for granted. Do you really want to get used to this life on this planet, then galactically spread these weedy dandelion seeds? Exchange feminine patriarchy for masculine patriarchy. Do I condemn my son because he was born without a vagina? Is he a hierarchy? Is she? Higher and higher forms of archery. And yes, 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 some men believe a masculine shun, unaware they perform castric surgery on themselves by amputating women and children. And yes, yes, breasts and hips and thighs, though some are still unnaturally wasted, but matriarchy is still cutting out cookies by rote. My eyes hurt from crying dusty tears in this desert with no oasis. Battalions of higher archeryized mothers in gingham chains of apron strings, they demand martyrdom to the owning of the guilt of mothers through the ages. Stepford mothers want Stepford children. Stepford women and Stepford men march to the ovens unceasingly. Even the guards go willingly, unaware they are guards, fish caught in a net. Gasping poisoned air. Step around, step down, step back, step up, step over, just step, step, step away from the lemming life. Cyanide, societal suicide. I see youth and aged eyes. I see youth anesthetized. I see sole survivors of a lifetime's memory suffocated though still breathing. The emperor is naked. The crowd is naked. The bypassers are naked. The child is clothed in innocent, naked truth. Grab a can opener, enlarge the sardine's box. Women, men, children, childhood survivors of all ages, speak up, call, collect, live. We're all homeless. 
living under a suffering bridge with only a holy blanket warming us. I will not be led lost, silent into vague black ink, and neither the end. Hmm. Wow. I just want to sit for a second and allow that to to flow through my body. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a powerful and epic work. Yep. Thank you. Alanthea, what was the purpose of that particular poem? Tell me. Okay. The poem has, the title has two parts, Schizo and Genesis. And as we know, Mm -hmm. Genesis is the beginning of something. Correct? Yes. Schizo, Mm -hmm. schizo, like schizophrenia, split. That body, you know, just that split between what what is real and what's not um it's it's the um it was the cry that um whenever i wrote this in the mid 90s whenever to mm-hmm. now you know this is what's come out of that schizophrenic genesis this we're we're here you know i mean wake up we're all in this thing together you know and and also the thing was at that time you know i don't want people to think that i'm not a um that i'm i'm not a feminist you know i am a feminist but i also like men and at that time i was getting worried that you know you can't just cut off men because that just swings the pendulum the same you know what i mean there's no difference Mm -hmm. What we need is, is humanity. You know, all women are not necessarily bad. All men are not necessarily bad. You know, we are stuck, mm-hmm. all of us, in this cultural zeitgeist that, that, that just, and it's, the underpinnings are so pervasive that we can't even see it. So it's just, you know, we're making ourselves crazy doing this. And we, we are. We're making ourselves nuts here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's, that's where that poem came from oh my god oh. <laughs> and again that poet is a prophet a way shower I reread my mm-hmm. stuff and I'm going wow you knew what was going on then didn't you <laughs> well Crazy. what I like about your work as a performance poet is that you live it and I've always believed that you should live your work you wrote it you should live it And what I want to ask you is, as you think about poetry and the power of it, what is the role of a poet in modern-day society? Shines the light, points it out. Again, as I said before, it says what can't be said. Um, Mm -hmm. That that, the mainstream or even in a song on the radio can't be said. And so... um, the, the things that have no words. Language is a metaphor of the inexpressible. I go back to my poem that's blank on the page. Yes. Um, and I, it's crucial. The poetry is, is crucial because otherwise you're just going, you know, you're just not even banging a drum with any rhythm. You know what I mean? You're just... Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note... Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. All right.
are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Ellen Thea. I have a question for you, my friend. Are All you right. ready? Sure. <laughs> I have a phone where that's the first line of the phone. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? What was the question? Does it hurt me? To write poetry. Does it hurt me to write poetry? No, mm-hmm. I, I don't even understand the question. Um, Tell me more. To be honest, how could it possibly hurt me? Oh, because I've said something mm-hmm. about somebody? or Well, potentially, but sometimes when you share and pour your soul out there, it's oh, difficult no. to write about these things. Yes. Uh, yes. You know what? That's true. Right now I'm going through the reason why most of my stuff is old is I've just been mm-hmm. through some stuff that I haven't even, that I'm barely beginning to journal. Um, this mm. year, um, I lost my, in 2021, I lost my sister in mm. February, and then after Thanksgiving, my mother, and then a close cousin. And um, this that was on top of, illnesses, uh, um, um, my vertigo and my things that are going on and things in my part. It was just, it's been a series of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I haven't even written poetry about that, that yet. I have ideas, I have things I want to say, mm-hmm. and I start mm-hmm. a new, when the war started, but it's, it's nowhere near what could be. And, you know, um, the land lay fallow for a while, and yes. it needed to spark, feel a deeper spark and more excitement now than I did toward the end because I was continually doing the same stuff. So it needed, mm-hmm. I think it needed to rest for a while, and you know, it goes in the dark and it stirs in the cauldron and the back burner and the womb, and this happens, that happens, blah, 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 blah. And then Stuff will come out. New, mm-hmm. uh, new well, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to share that I lost my mother in December. And oh, um, well, people have said, Michael, just write about it. But it's been so hard to do that, Ellen. It's been so difficult to bring that out of myself. It really, really has. It really has. So I can, I can understand. I can relate. Mm-hmm. I can empathize. I can empathize. I've got ideas. I think I think I know how I want to, what I want to do and say, but not just yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Not just yet. I like that. I love that. Not there you just go. yet. Just just yet. <laughs> yeah. If you if there you, you didn't come on my show I for any other there. reason yeah, than to say that, <laughs> yeah. it makes it a special night. <laughs> well, when you're writing a poem, is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? I try to let my guard down with the poem. Tell me more. And I try. To Tell me more. So that by the and and by the time I'm going to perform it. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I can perform it in a way that the vulnerability doesn't um, ricochet, boomerang back on me and make me feel terrible, you know? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try to share carefully. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I try to share carefully. And, uh uh, and, and in saying that, I will say, when you say a poem hurt me, I was immediately brought back to a open mic I was at many, many years ago with a boyfriend I had broken up with. Uh, my ex-boyfriend was there with his new girlfriend who said something <laughs> in the poem that referenced something I did. And, man, that hurt, okay? <laughs> that hurt. But, you know, I don't think that's the <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Please share. Please favor us with another poem. (laughs) Favor us again. Sorry, another poem? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Michael, I'm going to read you a poem for you just because you'll get a kick out of it, okay? All right. 
I'm going to read it to you right here. It's called You Be Some Good Stuff, Man. Mm. All right? Here we go. You be catnip. You be my carrot on a stick. You be pretty pleases with whipped cream and sugar on it and a cherry on top. You be M&M's. You be Ghirardelli and Godiva chocolate best served naked. You be long stem dozen roses. You be Baskin Robbins. All 31 flavors, Haagen-Dazs, Ben and & Jerry, Caracol, and Dove <laughs> with fudge and butterscotch. You be the Wowie in Maui. You be first morning cup of coffee. You be my morning thunder, baby. You be blue lotuses and black pearls. You be Kundalini rising. You be Kundalini peaking. You be the Swiss cheese at the end of my maze. You be this bitch's favorite biscuit. You be Pooh's honey and Tigger's bounce. You be Dom Perignon, Filet Mignon, and Cherry's Jubilee. You be some good stuff, man. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of it. I did like that. I did like that. You know, earlier in our conversation, you talked about tweaking a poem. And here's my question to you. Some sure. poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's not much you can do to correct or improve it. While others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? It depends, is my take on it. Tell me more. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, like I said, I'll write, the muse will hit me with something, and I'll know it's not the right word. And sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't show. And then once you read it out loud, maybe you got ri- get, get rid of this and get rid of that, you know. And I've had people say um, to me, well, you know, you wrote this, and, you know, perhaps that's not really blah, blah, blah. And I said, but I'm not taking it out. That's what I wrote then. It was valid for then. I still feel it's valid for them. Um, mm-hmm. Well, like I said, you know, the poem is there. You got to chip it. Like, like you know, wasn't what, Michelangelo who said that the statue was there, you just got to chip it out of the marble? Right? Yes. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you do. So whether and then I do stuff like in schizophrenogenesis instead of the word Holocaust, which is what I was trying to get at, I broke it apart mm-hmm. and made it hollow cost. That that's particular picking apart what the concepts are that are behind the words or emasculation and it became a mask lay shun. There's depth mm. in that. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of yes, depth in that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, you know, the poem is there. You got to chip it out. I'll do it. I'll say it again. You got to chip it out of the rock, out of the marble, etch it. Uh, or, you know, like those paintings, the, the, the water stuff, you know, the, the thing isn't mm-hmm. there on the paper until you put water on it or lemon juice or whatever. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where the poem is. So it depends on the poem. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to tell me about your book, On My Way to the Apocalypse. Okay. Uh, let me see. What can I tell you about it? I, I was – it's kind of like – I think I saw it on Mulberry Street, sort of on acid. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> with my, my, you know, we were coming up to 2012, you know, the Mayan calendar, all that craziness. And uh, mm-hmm. um, my partner, Dave, said, uh, said, you know, here's a prompt for you. I was on my way to the apocalypse when? I said, wow, that's really cool. And I started, I wrote a list of 100 things. Of I could be doing mm. on my way to the apocalypse. And then I went online and looked up all these pictures to put all this together. And I had a friend, uh, Kristen, who had her small independent publishing company, Dingaroo Press. And I, we talked about 
getting it published. And um, just we did it, you know. She tweaked it and put in the art, did the graphics and stuff. Um, I had a couple of, uh, I guess they're, what are they, alpha beta readers, I think. I had yes. a couple of people look at, look at it and um, put it together. And um, it was exciting to do it that year. Like I wrote in my bio, that same year I became a grandma. And um, mm. and in fact, now the piece I've just started writing, um, everybody on Facebook talks about the 10-year challenges. I thought, well, it's 10 years. Why don't I do an apocalypse 2.0? And that's what I've just started <laughs> writing in the war, when the war started. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's on my way to the apocalypse. Oh, wow. And I do have some books that I would be mm-hmm. happy to read. Um, I do mm-hmm. have, I sent you the PDF and I cleared it with Kristen yes. last night that um, mm-hmm. if anyone is interested, I'm offering the PDF for five bucks. Like I said, shameless promotion. Just email no me um, mm-hmm. at uh, wizardwoman333 at gmail.com and I'll be happy to hook you up with a copy. All right. But here, Very nice. All right. Here is And we'll um, revisit it again. Okay, please share. I'm sorry, share. Yes? I want to hear. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I want to hear. Okay, so this is this is an excerpt from it. Mm-hmm. As I counted the angels dancing on the head of a pin, I heard a voice calling my name and green fire burst out my ass. The building horn storm finally broke. Silver rain trickled through my hair, down my nose, drenched my clothes. The apocalypse will not be televised. All the revolutions, evolutions, that which may have taken place, we're all on a speeding bullet train headed straight to our own demise. From first breath, we are on our way to the apocalypse. You think you've got all the time in the world, but when it comes to the wire, bam, the apocalypse shattered dust, and you've been asleep your whole life. It was then that I realized someone has a wicked sense of humor. I'm not saying who, just someone. In other news, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Gandhi, and Mother Teresa were playing Texas Hold'em, winner takes all though I haven't figured out exactly where all will be taken. In the background, I heard Nero fiddling while the city burned. In the midst of all this, the bees went silent. We don't realize until they are. I saw Elvis arguing with Michael Jackson over kingship. (laughs) Southpaw was there, too, watching from the grassy knoll. And for the pause, that really refreshes. I was doing my uh, business when the outhouse started to shake. Was it an earthquake? A bear? Hallucinations? Or had the apocalypse just caught up in me? No! The outhouse fell into the hole! Holy crap! The key is, no matter where you go, there you are. So where was I at? Hmm. The end. And that really happened to you today. Outhouse fell into the hole. I have pictures in the book. What surprises you? <laughs> Let yeah. me ask my question. What surprises you most about being a poet? How much people love my stuff. Mm, tell me more. Yeah. You don't want to know more. Yeah, I just love it. And I love the moments when, you know, you're on stage, right, Michael? And you're doing your thing. Yes. And stop. Yes. They're there. You have them. And what a responsibility mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. You know? And, it is. And mm-hmm. that is the thing that I just, I dig the most. And that and the fact that I just looked at some of my old stuff and I'm like, man, why don't why don't I listen to this more often? You know, I, I, I should have mm-hmm. I could have been much happier if I taken my own advice a lot earlier. You know, that was like something else that just recently surprised me with a specific poem of mine, and I'm like, man, what 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 is the problem? But hey, 
<laughs> anyway, so that's what surprises me in my poetry. And okay. I just, I, I, really, right. I really love that people love it. Yeah. It, it is a nice feeling. Day. Well, yeah, let me is. ask this question. As you think about your body of work, have your favorite poems arrived or are they still on their way? I have favorites. I believe that they are still on their way. Um, poems because I have just uh, a lot more to say and um, I I have ideas that are already favorite ideas that I'm really eager to work on so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to ask me my favorites I'd have to say a lot of all of them but um, uh, I'd have to say (laughs) um, I like Big Mama I, I, mm-hmm. I like good. I like all the stuff. The stuff I did another one which I haven't done for you, suicide, which is um that that's a lot of fun too, hippies and mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy things. Um, suicide, mm-hmm. schizophrenogenesis is a good one. I like Schrodinger's cat. I think it's the cutest thing in the world. And um, <laughs> uh, you know that and and my I have another like my limerick cat poem. I really like that. Uh, I have songs mm-hmm. that are. Uh, I have one song that is directly lifted from the Bible uh, that I really like mm. uh, called Weep Laodicea, which is a powerful piece. Um, I, I like all my stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't pick it up. <laughs> That's important. You know, if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Your younger writing oh. self. I would tell her not to be so afraid and not to, mm. I have to tell her it's easier for me to get up on stage than to try to sit and think about, you know how in the uh, writer's market it tells you to read all the poetry markets and figure out which is this and which is that. And yes. Blah, blah, blah. I can yes. never do that. Yes. It makes no sense to me. Poetry is poetry. Mm-hmm. If you give me a theme, mm-hmm. that's different. But I can't mm-hmm. tell what you like and what you don't like. And I did do those prizes, but to try to do, um, to to pitch to the magazines, that stymied me. So I would mm-hmm. tell myself not to be so nervous about that and just to, mm-hmm. to you know, I, I'd like to have more publications under my belt. And mm-hmm. I would tell mm-hmm. also tell her not to be, so it's going to sound funny not to be so afraid. It's hard when you're a pioneer to yes. step out and you're the, when you're mm-hmm. the scout wolf, however you want yes. to phrase it, when you're mm-hmm. the way shower. And so mm-hmm. I, was, I was afraid, as, especially on that bumper generation, the 50s and the 60s, where women were, ah, mm-hmm. you know, do I do Betty mm-hmm. Crocker, don't I? You know, it's. I believe mm-hmm. I see the other women now, and I see um like in, and it, I see it in my holistic counseling work. I see it in my astrology, the energy work. It's, there's just so much more acceptance now of doing these strange, shall we call it strange mm-hmm. things. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tell her not to be so afraid. But anyway. Uh. I'm doing I like it now. That. So it's I like different. that. Well, I view us as being kindred spirits, kindred spirits in more ways than one. Here's a fun question. Um, most for <laughs> as a poet, what would you choose as your mascot, avatar, or spirit animal, and why? Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh God! As a writer, that's a tough. That's one I haven't thought about, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they pay me the big bucks. That's why that, they that, pay me the big bucks. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't really know uh, because I've got to tell you, there, I do have totem animals in my life, but I can't hmm. say. What, um, well, that's just because of a 
friend asked me to make sure I mentioned this about what Alaska meant to me to live up here, and I'll I'll bring I'll tie it all up. I'll, I'll you'll see. Okay. Nature. All right. Nature is what I need. When I I grew up in New York City, lived in upstate New York for a while, lived in South Florida, ended up in rural Alaska. I've thought about that, and each time, it's been being able to go into or even knowing that nature and open space is around me and has, has helped me. And so um, when I was four, I remember seeing a rabbit. And to me, a, a bunny, which I wanted to take home with me, but I couldn't. And uh, but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, that was like the, my first, let's call it animal sighting. So when I see, like I saw a particular animal when I got here to Alaska, that's my Alaska totem, okay? So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to say maybe year, because I was born in the year of the monkey, you know, okay. and that whole, mm-hmm. that whole inquisitiveness and let me put my finger in this jar here and do that there and all that, but... You know, monkey doesn't like the sitting down to write it part, you know, the part mm-hmm. that keeps my mm-hmm. button there and so it's written. Monkey doesn't mm-hmm. do that. So I can tell you that for mm-hmm. sure. So that's the turtle, <laughs> which is another big totem for me. Um, but I don't right. know. That is a really good question for me to ask my guide. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We have time. We have time for one more poem. Please share one more. Okay, well. This is one that I knew had to, had to, had to get said because this is the one that I just read to myself this week and said, you should listen to this more. I wrote this poem at the time I was living, it was just before I came to Alaska, and at that time I was living with um, my, my precious Cherokee medicine woman who has since dropped her robes, and, um, and I wrote this poem. As I was going to come to Alaska, I had, um, at that point, I had, um, oh, I'd been divorced 10 years. My ex was doing crazy things. I had nothing going on in Florida. You know, I could do go on and on. She sent me mm-hmm. up to Alaska for a healing walk to call my spirit back. And um, I didn't walk to Alaska. I flew. But I took a plane. Okay. But um, anyway, I wrote this poem based out of that. It's called Time to Get Angry. It's time to get angry, but the right usage of anger. The realization that the jailer is the jailed. When the dead ends in the labyrinth run back to the same source. When the river demands the edge of the cliff. When facsimile and metaphor are not enough. To live the presence of life, not the shadows. To embrace, swallow the firelight dancers, and leave the frickin' cave, shouting from the depths of soul and rooftops. Be free and fall, wings spread wide, laughing as the hilarious magic takes hold. It is the end of things, the usual way. The safe way can kill as easily as any other. A deeper danger exists there. The death is more insidious and permanent. One day, all the excuses are no longer an excuse. Danger exists, certainly. Death shall you choose, safely timid, the victim of circumstances, the job, money, the kids, the guy or the girl or the lack thereof, my mother, my father, my sister, my uncle, the school, the government, or do I choose the bright, full, Matahari coyote, that double agent surprising you into yourself? There's only one direction this journey takes. We slithery slide through mother's legs or pulled unceremoniously and begin our disintegration toward enlightenment. How utterly ridiculous is that? The world disrupts around us. This cakewalk ain't no piece of easy cake, pie in the face. And then there's the the distraction of seemingly vaster matters than my own simple turmoil and truth-seeking. Yet, I am the world. 
you are the world. And when that doorway closes and you have sat seemingly safe, not edging out towards so-called danger, the test to love yourself first at the frenetic moment of death visit, that inevitable face-to-face chat, is misery the memory to crave, to cherish, or is it that I have lived I have chosen this to embrace. I ate that damn apple with delight, with abandon, without restraint, and didn't regret the knowing, the discovery. Bliss is not ignorance. Wisdom is bliss. And wisdom is whatever road is taken, bumps and warts and all. And new joy rising, bubbling, undulating. What next? I mean, rabbits may fly out my ass or pigs with wings, kaleidoscopic joy, because why suffer? Suffering can come soon enough. Misery always loves our company, and all the world offers is the peddling of illusion. Because a frog is still a frog. The magic is in the kiss itself. And flies can taste so sweetly divine when you give the moon permission. Anything can happen. The oracle whispered, as long as you live alive, because being known, the shell can be dead, and there are many zombies roaming about. Touch your dream and breathe the holy grail. The end. Amazing. That's the My poem friend, I have. I'm looking this- at suffering a long-ass time, honey. You need to read this a while ago. <laughs> oh, I liked it. Where can listeners find your work? This kind of goes back to uh, your uh, your, well, uh, your email address. Yes. Well, there's my email address, and you can always get a copy from me for um, On My Way mm-hmm. to the Apocalypse. That's at mm-hmm. wizardwoman333 at gmail.com. I mm-hmm. also just launched a page on Facebook. I know that limits some Did people. You know? uh, okay. Ellen's Athletic Emporium. Is Say that one more called. time. I have my first. Sure. Ellen's Athletic Emporium. Okay. All right. I wanted, I wanted a space for my writing for my esoteric mm-hmm. work and you know, I have, mm-hmm. I sell, you know, jewelry, whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. I wanted a space for that. You can always friend me on Facebook at Ellen Sia. Um, I have a lot of things in the work right now. What I have to work with is a phone. So it's difficult to try to do a website off a phone. Um, yes. So, so the, I had I figured I had to start with where I'm at. I have a number of mm-hmm. books that I'm probably going to publish. I just found out I'm going to be doing a festival here in Calkeetna on uh, in wow. um, uh, the end of May. Yeah, yeah, they're having a festival. You can check that out if you go to the Denali Arts uh, Council. Denali Arts mm-hmm. Council in Talkeetna, Alaska. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. books. One of my, uh, I've got all kinds of stuff I'm going to be doing. Look for me because I plan at some point on doing a hybrid festival of my own. I have four acres here in Alaska, and it's a, it's a bucket list dream of mine to do a festival with all the musicians and poets and everybody I've, I've dug from over the country all across the country in all my years and put us all together and do a giant jam, a, a virtual and physical festival. So that's like my super duper duper goal. So I don't know. I don't know yeah. what my, how you can find me. Like I said, right now it's just Facebook and my email, but moving forward. Well, you can always, you can always contact me and I can get in touch okay. with Ellen Thea. That would be perfect. Yes. We've reached the yes. end of our journey, my friend. We've reached the end of our journey. I and I want on. to thank you. 
I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your craft with us. Amazing works. You're one of my favorites. Oh, thank you so much. And I am so absolutely thrilled to be here. And now, um, yeah, this is just like a new, it's a new beginning for me. And I'm so happy that it, I started mm-hmm. this journey. Um, by being on the air with you. Thank you so much. Well, I've got a huge smile on my face, and I want to thank you again. I want to thank our listening audience. I want to share with them as I share every time I host this program. Let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land, wherever that is. Let it ring. So until next time, take care. I'll talk to you. Good night, everybody. Good night, Ellen. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.